Welcome to the Teaching Behavior Together podcast, where I provide you with actionable steps for making your classroom management plan effective by incorporating behavioral and social-emotional learning activities into your daily teaching. Hi, I'm Maria, and I have 10 years experience in the field of behavior analysis. In each episode, I will be providing you with effective and evidence-based strategies you can use to create a classroom environment you want to go to each morning. No longer will you be driving home in tears over the overwhelming feeling of trying to manage student behaviors. So sit back, listen up, and start seeing success. Hi everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Teaching Behavior Together podcast. Today we're going to be talking all about executive functioning and a scope and sequence that I use to teach executive functioning skills to students. Executive functioning skills are pretty complex and involve a lot of moving pieces. In this episode, I walk you through a scope and sequence strategy for teaching some of the foundational skills to executive functioning and how I would teach them over a six-week instructional period. But first, I want to note an amazing executive functioning resource. His name is Seth Perler, P-E-R-L-E-R. If you haven't heard of him, you need to go check out his work. He has a lot of great content for teachers, parents, and students. He is an executive functioning expert, and I'm a huge fan of getting content from people who specialize in a particular area or are experts in their field. I will leave a link to his website in the description of this podcast episode. So let's start getting into some strategies. I do want to say you can use the scope and sequence for your whole class or a small group of students. Since executive functioning is such a broad topic, all students are benefit from extra instruction, but just keep in mind that these strategies can be used with your whole class or a small group of students, just in case you're planning out how you want to utilize these six lessons over the next couple weeks with your class. Okay, so let's get into the content. These lessons are about 25 to 30 minutes and intended to incorporate highly engaging activities that build the skills and then reinforce the skills as well. I would take the approach of teaching a lesson once or twice a week, depending on the amount of time you have. Throughout the week, I would also reference the lesson and remind students of the skills that they're learning as naturalistic learning opportunities come up in your classroom, which we'll talk about throughout this episode. For the first lesson, I would focus on just introducing what executive functioning is, and I would do this because I want students to have a really strong understanding of what executive functioning is and the why behind why we're learning these skills so that plays into the behavioral skills model that I often utilize when I'm teaching students new skills is that information piece, right? I would dedicate a whole lesson to this just because executive functioning is such a complex skill and there's a lot of moving pieces. So I would start this lesson with playing a game. And for executive functioning, I'm thinking memory because memory does play a little bit into executive functioning skills. So the game memory is really fun and students really find it engaging. And you can play this from kindergarten to 12th grade. Students love games at all ages. So I would start with a memory board. And what I would do is I would just draw some pictures on like a piece, big piece of cardboard or a big piece of like poster board or something along those lines. And I would put post-its to cover up all of my pictures. And then I would have this students just pick off the post-its and underneath the post-its for executive functioning I might have things like a picture of a to-do list or a picture of a planner or a picture of a timer or a picture of somebody thinking or something along those lines just like visual representations of the different concepts of executive functioning and have students start recognizing those different concepts through this type of game. It can be really really fun and engaging for your students just to introduce them to the concept of what executive functioning is. 
And then after the memory game is done, I would probably just go through and explain all of the different strategies, ask the students if they've ever used them or if they've ever heard of these different strategies or these different concepts that have to do with executive functioning, just so we start providing a lot of that foundational knowledge and that information about what executive functioning is and what components make up some of these executive functioning skills. Again, Seth Perler has some really great videos and one of them is all about what executive functioning is and he explains it really well for students and he's talking directly at students. So make sure you go check out his link in the podcast show notes so that you're able to see some of the videos that he posts towards students so that it explains it just in a really nice way. He's an executive functioning expert, so I trust his explanation of executive functioning to students as well. So for the second lesson is where I really get into some of the content of what executive functioning is. And for this scope and sequence, I'm focusing on a couple of different areas of executive functioning. And like I've said a couple of times already, executive functioning is such a wide category of skills that I've focused on for these six or eight lessons, these different skills, because I think that they're really foundational skills that can help us build on more complex skills later. So for my second lesson, or my first content lesson, I'm gonna be teaching them how to break a task down into different chunks. So I wanted to teach the students explicitly how you take a bigger task and break it down into very small steps so that they're able to complete each step incrementally and they're able to then finish the entire task. And what this really helps is for task initiation and task completion. So for students who have a hard time with that, this is a really great lesson to focus on, okay, if I'm overwhelmed by this or if I don't know where to start with this, this is how I break down a task into very small chunks so that I can manage each of those tiny tasks to lead up to the bigger task. So again, I wanna explicitly teach students how to take a larger task that involves a lot of steps to complete and then breaking it down into smaller steps so it seems less overwhelming and easier to complete. The first activity that I would do is to build something, okay? And I would build something that's rather large, so something that has big components to it that you can break down into smaller components. And again, you can pick something that the students find really engaging or something that's really popular with your students right then and there. You Again, you can customize this for kindergarten all the way up to 12th grade. So for right now, off the top of my head, I'm thinking something like a snowman, okay? And I'm not going outside and building a snowman because I am I just don't do that. Um, I'm too cold all of the time. So we're going to draw a snowman on our whiteboard. So we would collaborate as a big group and break down all the steps it would take to build a snowman. Okay, so we'd be looking at the different aspects of the snowman. So they need a head, they need a body, they need all of the winter accessories that go along with being a snowman. And I would take those as our big macro steps, right? So we need the head, the body, and the winter accessories. And then I would break those down into micro steps. So what aspects of the head? You need the eyes, the nose, the face, For the body, you need the buttons, you need the arms, you need the snowball feet. And then for all the winter accessories, you need the hat, you need the mittens, you need the scarf. You know, whatever we decide goes on our snowman. And I would kind of walk the students through that and have them write down each step that we would have to take to actually build the snowman. And by build, I mean we're drawing the snowman on our whiteboard, okay? And then we would go through each of the steps. And after we were done going through the steps, I would look at our snowman and see, are there anything that we forgot? Do we miss any steps? Problem solve at that point, right? So if you did miss steps, which more than likely the first time out you will miss steps, then you can go back and talk about that and problem solve. Okay, what do we need to remember to make sure we hit all of the steps of building the snowman? Again, what you're trying to do is focus on what it takes to break down a big task into smaller tasks. So you can really demonstrate and explicitly teach the students how you break down a big overwhelming task into very small minute steps that they can take one at a time and complete that overall task.
you can do this a couple of times and see if you get the snowman to be perfect or really close to perfect. I would spend 10 to 20 minutes, maybe 10 to 15 minutes doing this. And then what I would have students do is practice with an actual assignment. So we would look at a big assignment together and as a class, we would break it down into smaller chunks. So what are the smaller steps of the assignment? Let's say for the students, they had to read a passage and then write a response to it. Okay, so our big macro items are reading the passage and writing the response to it. But what are our micro items to get this task done? So for the first macro item is reading the passage, what are the micro items underneath that? And for that, it might be read the first paragraph, underline the key themes. And the second micro item might be read the second paragraph and underline the key themes. And the third micro item might be read the third paragraph and underline the key themes. You want to be that explicit, even though it seems really repetitive, you want to be that explicit in breaking down what that first macro part of the task is, reading the passage. And then for the second macro piece, where it is writing the response, you would break that down into micro steps as well, right? So write your introductory sentence. Write three supporting details, detail one, detail two, detail three. Write your concluding sentence. So we would walk through that as a class together to really get a good picture of how you would do that and how you break down a larger assignment into smaller, more manageable chunks. Again, you can customize this from kindergarten to 12th grade. So you might be looking at a passage and a response in middle school, early high school, but you might be looking at something a little bit different in the earlier grades, like reading a paragraph and drawing a picture or something along those lines. You just do the same thing. You identify the macro items and then the micro items that make up that bigger task. And then to conclude all of this, if I had a little extra time, I would probably have the students do something on their own with a specific assignment that they actually have. To support this skill throughout the week, I would then be breaking down some of the tasks that we're doing as a class, right? So we might be doing some different centers, or we might be doing a bigger task, or we might be have a whole group lesson that I'm going to demonstrate breaking down the tasks that we have to complete. So that again, it really reinforces the skill. It shows over and over again how we break down something into macro steps and little small micro steps. For the third lesson, I would start the foundational skills to time management. Okay, so this is a very small piece of time management, but we would focus on setting estimate times for different tasks. So we would practice estimating how long it would take us to complete different tasks. And what this really does is it teaches students to start looking at different aspects of different tasks and estimating how long it's going to take them to do that, okay? This can help decrease overwhelm for students who think that tasks are going to take so long and that they're just so overwhelmed by that thought, or students who think that tasks are going to take a really short amount of time and then they rush through it, not realizing that they could have taken their time a little bit more or how long the task was actually going to take them to do. So this is really important when our students are trying to manage their time to get a task done, teaching them explicitly how we estimate time can be a very complex skill. And we know that a lot of our students don't have very clear formal concepts of time because they ask us, when are we done? Or how much longer? Or if you have a child in your car and they're like, when are we gonna be there? Or how much longer till we get there? So this might be a skill that you have to explicitly teach the students and give them a really concrete way to estimate time so that they're able to better manage their time in the future. You probably sensed a theme so far, but at the start of the lesson, I would start with a game and do something just really fun and engaging to practice this skill. And right now, when you're listening to this podcast episode, learning different dances is really fun for kids. So they're going around, they're learning all these different dances. And so I would do that with our students. Let's learn a dance together. And we're going to estimate how long it's going to take us to learn different parts of the dances. So you can break it down. Like the first part of the dance is going to take us 
five minutes to learn and the second part of the dance is going to take us 10 minutes to learn and the third part of the dance is going to take us seven minutes to learn. So we would break down those different areas of the dance and then we would practice and set a timer and see if we were right. I would model and help them recognize what are the different aspects of this task that we have to take into account when we're estimating how long it's going to take us to actually learn this dance. So that's what I would model at the very first part of this lesson. We would learn to dance together. It would be really fun. They would have a lot of fun doing it. We would see if we were estimating correctly and then maybe problem solve a little bit, practice again, do it one or two more times, and then we would move into doing with an academic assignment. So for this one, I would I'd do some sort of hands-on assignment where maybe like a science experiment where we're learning to make slime or Play-Doh or something along those lines and see how long it's going to take us to break down each step of that process. And then I would have the students, again, estimate how long it's going to take. And then we would practice and set the timer and just see, were we right or were we wrong? And then lastly, I would just have them practice on their own. So they would have an individual task that's something that they probably have to do already, one of their assignments that they have to do already. And I would have them practice breaking down the different areas of that task and into different time increments and then have them actually complete the task and see if they were accurate or not. Again, this is just teaching the very first steps of time management and really learning to estimate how long it would take to complete a task based on analyzing the task and just seeing what different parts of that task are present that we need to take into account when we're estimating how long it's going to take us to do it. For younger students, you can focus on different tasks that they have to do in the classroom, like different centers or different stations or puzzles or coloring pages or something along those lines, just so again, you can practice this skill. It's never too early to start practicing these executive functioning skills so our students have a really strong foundation when they get older. And just like with the previous lesson, I would break this down again throughout the week. So when we were doing different tasks as a group, or maybe we had a whole lesson or whatever we're doing, I would practice breaking down that task and into macro and micro steps, and then also estimating the time for each of those tasks. So we're kind of building on what our second lesson was into our third lesson. So again, we're just reinforcing these concepts so our students are continually practicing these skills throughout the week. So my fourth lesson would be all about making a schedule. So this is kind of putting it together. So we're breaking things down from a macro to micro to-do list, estimating the time those tasks would take us. Now we're making our schedule. So I would explicitly teach students how we're gonna make a schedule and just explain to them the organizational piece of making a schedule is really combining making our macro and micro to-do list and estimating how long something is gonna take us to do. Now, again, this might be for a little bit older students. I'm talking like fifth probably to high school age, but you can also do this with younger students, okay? So you can teach them to break down different tasks and to estimate different time with different tasks, and you can teach them to build, make a schedule of their time when they're doing choice time or maybe centers or something along those lines where you can say to them, okay, during choice time, you have to pick three different choices and just really practice this skill of, okay, how am I going to make my schedule? What order am I going to do these tasks in based on the macro micro to-do list to get the task done as well as estimating time. So you can really customize these scope and sequences to whatever grade level you're working with and really helping your students build these skills. What I really want you to take away from this episode is the framework for teaching this scope and sequence and then customizing the lessons, either taking the lessons exactly as I'm describing them or customizing them so they really meet your students' needs. 
So what I would do for this lesson is I would have three or four different things that we have to get done during a whatever designated period of time we have to do. And these would be fun and engaging things. Again, you can like make Play-Doh or slime or something along those lines, sensory bottles. I don't know, whatever you want to make. Um, any hands-on activities can be really good for these types of lessons. So what I would do is I would say we got to get these two or three things done. Let's break down each task into macro micro steps. Let's estimate how long it's going to take us and let's make our schedule so we fit everything in in whatever allotted time that we have. So this is like a really applicable, very hands-on session where we're really taking all the things that we've learned and we're putting it all together to make our schedule for that time period that we have together. We would practice this and we would do it and it would be really fun and engaging. And then at the end, if I had a little bit of extra time, what I would have them do is maybe draft a schedule for what they're going to do after school. And for younger students, it might be that I'm having them draft a schedule for what they're going to do at the end of the day during their choice time or something along those lines if they're not doing a lot of homework after school. For older kids, I would have them do something like, you know, for the, the first hour that you get home, what is your plan? What are you going to do when you get home? Make a schedule. You know, am I going to take a break? Am I going to have a snack? Am I going to start my homework what am I going to do in that first hour so it's start with a relatively short period of time so it's manageable and they can pick what they want to do during that time and make their schedule for that and then to reinforce this concept throughout the week what we can do with students is at the start of each session that I meet with students or if you're a teacher and you're meeting with students daily during a specific class time or class period you can let them know these are the things that we have to do let's make our schedule let's make our macro micro to-do list let's estimate all of our time and just again keep reinforcing these skills over and over and over again so we really build them from the foundation up. For my fifth lesson, I would move to goal setting. So I'd be helping students identify realistic goals and how to set those goals and then how to meet those goals. So the first activity I would do is have the students plan out their five to 10 year plan. So this can be really fun. I'd give them a big piece of paper, have them draw out a timeline, see what their goals are, see what they want to do in a year, two years, three years, wherever it might be. For younger students, you might be, what are your goals for this week? You know, for them just to be able to realistically think of a span of time and just have them set goals for that span of time so that they're just really practicing setting a realistic goal, being able to plan out that goal and then meet that goal. And then we would talk about realistic goals and how to set goals so that we can meet our goals. And then I would have them set some academic goals so we can relate it back to class. And so, you know, within the next month for older kids, um, what do you want to do within the next month with your grades or with your assignments? For younger kids, it might be beating a math goal for how many math facts they can do in a minute or something along those lines. So I just have them set a realistic academic goal so we can practice that skill. And then we would use all the lessons that we've already done and we would make a macro and micro to-do list for that goal. And then we would schedule out how we're going to do that goal. We would estimate how long it's going to take us to complete that goal. And then we would just practice taking those steps towards the goal. So throughout the week, I would be checking in with our goals and how we're meeting them. And if we've made any steps towards them, if we checked anything off of those to-do lists, I would check in how long is it taking you? Did you estimate time correctly? Did you schedule it appropriately so that you're actually working towards that goal throughout the week? So again, I would just be reinforcing these skills after the lesson throughout the week so that we really build the skills and the foundation of these skills. So that's really the majority of the scope and sequence, right? So we had an introductory lesson and then we had four lessons that talked about specific concepts related to executive functioning. Now for my last lesson, it would be a total review lesson where we're just reviewing these concepts again. You cannot review enough. I know we reviewed throughout the, these five weeks and we've been practicing these skills over and over. And we continue to add to the skills by building on the skills and practicing the culmination of everything that we've been working on. But for week six, we're playing a really fun review game that is just a really 
demonstrates students' understanding of the skills, lets you know, do I need to reteach some of these things? Do I need to go back? Do we need to reinforce these a little bit more before we move on to the next scope and sequence? So the review game that I really love to play with kids with this type of like concept-based skill, like executive functioning, it's the heads up game. So I'd write a bunch of different executive functioning concepts on different note cards, split the class in half, and then just play the heads up game where they put a note card to their head, their team has to give them different clues, and then that person has to guess what the executive functioning concept is. Now, this is a really fun review game that you can play with a ton of different areas. You can do it for reading, math, science, whatever you wanna do it with, because for a student to be able to explain a concept to somebody else that really demonstrates a high level of understanding of that concept and really demonstrates their ability to understand and really organize that concept in a practical way so that they're able to then explain it to somebody else. It's a very high level skill. So if we're able to do this over and over and over again throughout a game, one, they're practicing a really high level skill and it lets me gauge like the understanding of these different concepts. So if we're continually missing a concept, because I'll write the same concept a couple of different times, if they're continually missing a concept, we might have to go back and repeat that concept. So there you have it. That's the scope and sequence for this first half of the executive functioning scope and sequence that I would use for kids. Again, you can customize this to whatever grade level your students you are you're working with and really customize it to their interests or whatever things they like to do at the time. Because again, starting off with a really fun and engaging activity draws them into the concept and then you can relate it back to something practical in terms of a classroom use of that concept. So they're practicing the skill both in a fun and engaging way and they're practicing it in a way that lets them utilize the skill with some sort of academic related content so that they can later use it whenever they're working on homework or independent assignments or whatever it might be. I hope this episode was helpful. If you're looking for different resources on utilizing behavioral and social emotional learning strategies in your classroom, use the link in the description of this podcast to download a free guide for behavioral and social emotional learning strategies that are practical for classroom use. As always, if you have any questions or you want to discuss anything in this episode further, please follow me over on Instagram at Teaching Behavior Together and send me a message. I would be happy to carry on this conversation with you. I hope that you are walking away from this episode with an action plan of how you're going to teach these different executive functioning skills over the next six weeks and have a great rest of the day.